Thanks for tuning into Accented. This podcast is not scripted and it's for English learners who want to listen to real conversations. Twice a month, we interview guests who have distinct English accents. As you know, there is just not one English accent. There are many. Today, I'll be speaking with Isaac, who is Mexican and lives in Sydney, Australia. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Accented. Now, today, you will be hearing the Mexican accent. And what's really cool is I actually have quite a lot of listeners in Mexico. So, yeah, have a listen. And if you want, leave me a review too. I'd love to hear what accents you want to hear or what you think of these accents. I know, of course... Uh, there would be lots of Mexicans out there that may not have exactly the same accent. But tell me, what, where is this accent from? Uh, what do you think it uh, sounds like? Now, today's guest, Isaac, he is a business analyst and he studied his master's in Australia, in Sydney, and he's continued to live here. So, I think his original plan was to study in Australia and move back to Mexico. However, he's decided to stay a bit longer. Now, some things uh, that we talk about in the beginning is the food and Isaac says that he misses Mexican food and that's something that is hard to get in Australia. And I said to him, yeah, the Mexican food that we have in Australia, that's not real Mexican. It's Tex-Mex, isn't it? Now, Tex-Mex is a term given to Mexican food that's not authentic and it's served usually in Australia, like nachos, tacos, all those sorts of things. Now, Isaac said that tacos... Um, you actually find in Mexico, but a lot of that other food is just not there. And it's like uh, Australia and the United States of America have sort of taken a Mexican influence and then created something different. And they call that Tex-Mex. So the food that you would find in the United States, maybe Canada, Australia, that is called Mexican you actually wouldn't be able to find in Mexico. Um, and that's why we call it Tex-Mex. And yeah, even Isaac said a quesadilla, which I thought was originally Mexican. He said you would never find it there. So interesting. So yeah, we call that Tex-Mex. Now a common phrase that you might hear English people say is, oh, forget it. And Isaac says that in the interview. He says, oh, forget it. And that means that you won't be able to find something like that if they go, oh, forget it. It could also mean, oh, don't even try. So if you want to apply for a university and somebody says, oh, forget it, that means that it's too difficult. Don't even bother. It's not worth trying. Say you want to go to a particular restaurant, like a, a Mexican restaurant, for example, and somebody says, oh, forget it. They're saying that, oh, it's not even a good restaurant or it's not even the um, 
authentic food that you would get in Mexico. So forget it means, oh, it's not even, don't even bother going. That's enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Today I am speaking with Isaac, who is a business analyst in Sydney, Australia, and he is from Mexico City. Hi, Isaac. Hey, Kim. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. So how long have you been in Australia for? Well, it's been now four years and one month. So it's been quite a while. And what made you come here? Uh, Well, the first reason was that I always wanted to study a master's degree overseas. So it took me almost two years to plan this uh, trip to Australia. And well, it has extended a little bit beyond my master's degree now. So you thought you would go back home? Yes, like during my first year in Australia, yes. My, I, I was uh, very homesick and I would tell myself every day, yeah, I'm going back to Mexico. I miss my family, I miss the food. Um, I'll go back to Mexico. The second year was like, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't miss that much as I was supposed to, but yeah, the third year, forget it. I was in love with Australia. So the food's gotten better or no, you still miss the food? No, I still miss the food. Like it will never be the same. There are some restaurants that try try their best, but it, it can't be the same. Well, the Mexican food that we have here is like Tex-Mex. Is that right? Exactly. It's Tex-Mex. You, you will get one or two dishes that will be very close to what you can get in Mexico. But yeah, it's usually Tex-Mex. Like you won't go out of burritos and those uh, very fancy quesadillas that don't exist in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I think the only the yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say, what's a typical dish? Well, whew, the tip, I, I would say that yes, the, the most common dish is tacos, but there are many other typical dishes in Mexico that are not very common and are delicious. So like you would have pozole, which is a very heavy kind of like between stew or soup. Um, You have tlayudas, you have sopes. Uh, Those are the kind of dishes that are very traditional in Mexico and you won't uh, find them here in Australia. Okay. I will have to check them out. Oh, yeah. I can I can give you a full list of what you have to eat when you go and visit Mexico. Oh, that's good to know because I definitely want to go and visit Mexico one day. Please do. <laughs> you won't regret. <laughs> so what did you fall in love with when you said you decided to stay in Australia after completing your master's? Uh, well, I I think that the first thing was people and I don't want to be like very romantic in this and or, or sound very stereotypical but actually um, the people that I've been surrounded with throughout my journey here in Australia has been really supportive and really nice and and Australia is one of those countries that have this multiculturalism going on so just the very own experience of knowing people from all countries you can imagine. It's, it's just fulfilling, amazing, interesting, funny. And uh, most people are really nice. So 
yeah, it's that, I think that was the first idea. And then also the lifestyle here in Australia is really good. Like people are very chill, laid back um, in a good way. Even as a student here and then now that I'm working full time, I can balance very well my personal life with my working professional life. So I enjoy it. And how was your English yeah. before you came to Australia? Did you speak fluently? Uh, yes, uh, but I still have a lot of, uh, and I still do, right? But uh, I think that probably when when I want to speak, I wouldn't be as fluent as now, and my vocabulary was not as rich. Because the only disadvantage that I had back at home is that, yes, I would I had the experience before of living in Canada, Germany, and I was able to speak in English. Even my undergraduate degree was uh, half program in English. But you, like at the end, I didn't live in, a, in an English country, right? English-speaking country. So it was hard for me to practice as much as I needed. When I've met Mexicans before, sometimes they have an American accent. And I just wonder if that's... Oh, yeah. Um, you have American teachers or I don't know, you watch a lot of American TV or just living next door. Yeah, exactly. The US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have all that influence. Yeah. We have all the influence from US. Or we have all the TV series. We have all whatever you name it. So it's it's easy for us to pick up the the American accent ish <laughs> with our with our variations, right? Because it's like a Frankenstein accent. Because <laughs> we have this Spanish accent going on, and then you throw in some Americanisms, and then as a Mexican, if you come to Australia, then you start pronouncing some words as an Australian, but weird because you have like two other accents going on. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I love it when I hear a student say no. I'm like, they've got that Australian no. <laughs> that's one of the first things that you get when you come to Australia it's just so easy to pick up yeah no it is and I, I love it and I think oh they're, they're hearing the Australian accent when you hear that no it's just yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Australian. And, and then I know and the slangs are the best it's like you start saying like no worries good day might uh, what, what was the other one? I can't remember all of them right now, but there's so many that you pick up. I love the Australian accent. It's so funny. I like it. So you're a business analyst. I don't even know what a business analyst does. What does that mean? Yeah, it's quite broad, but um, it depends on which area because you can be a business analyst for a financial department, for business development, for just data analytics, for whichever department. So a business analyst is like a little bit of combination between data analytics and consultancy. So in my case, I work for UPS Australia and my job evolves around uh, helping the business development department and work along with marketing to do two things. One is I have massive amounts of data. So I have all these, uh, UPS has this um, internal like data bank called Data Warehouse. 
So I have all these very beautiful and boring Excel files. So my job is to turn those boring databases into something really nice and easy to understand. I have to interpret. So I put the numbers together. I create something visually like appealing, and then I do the interpretation and my analysis. So that's one part of my job. The second you part know, of my job, which goes. I know you said it's boring. Oh, I, I, no, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I would love that. I love taking data and, <laughs> and doing stuff with it. And I know it sounds boring. Yeah. <laughs> I actually would be content doing that. Oh, that's nice. Then you're one of my people. <laughs> Usually I get this comment, like, you should people see my ginormous data, uh, like Excel files, and they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so the second part of my job is a little bit more into being like a liaison point between uh, the sales and marketing teams and and do a bit of advisory for for my boss, who's the business development manager for Australia and New Zealand. So it's like, giving quantitative and qualitative analysis. That's pretty much it. And do you ever have you ever had a point like or at a time just going, oh my goodness, the cultural differences are too much. And I just need to go home or you need to <laughs> be with someone that understands you. <laughs> um not really. I've not really. Uh for me has it's been really easy to adapt to other countries because I've had, like, I've lived in three other countries before. I mean, besides Mexico, it was Venezuela before Chavez and uh, Canada and, and Germany. So um, it wasn't hard for me. I I'm I really embraced the idea of meeting people from um, other countries and 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 knowing their perspectives. Their their how they perceive life and what are their thoughts about many different topics. So I just love that interaction. And yeah, I wouldn't I change it to be honest. I'm actually really fascinated that you lived in Venezuela. What was that like? Oh yeah, it was pretty cool. Like um, that was right, be- that was in 1998, right before Chavez uh, won the presidency, right? Or dictatorship as you want to call it. But yeah. Funny fact, he was very popular. I was, I lived there and um, it was going to be election. So we lived through the whole, uh, how do you call that, like voting period. Oh, like the um, election campaign? Election campaign, yeah, thank you. So, and, and, and we lived the whole thing. Like there were many people supporting him. No one knew what it was going to be about at the end. Um, but the reason why we lived in Venezuela is because my dad, he used to work, now he's retired, but he worked for Halliburton, the old company. And at that time, he got a really good opportunity to be an expat. And they sent him to Venezuela. Good opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Brought all the family there. And Venezuela is beautiful. Uh, when we were there, it was amazing. People were very jolly and and. Just the landscapes were so beautiful. Everything was green and really hot and humid, but it didn't matter. Like the 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 food is so amazing. It was completely different to what it's now. Um, 
But yeah, and at the end, what happened is that we were still living there. Chavez won the election. And a couple of weeks later, we had to go back to Mexico because uh, Chavez said, okay, all of this infrastructure that is private is going to be now part of the government. So these companies get out of my country. <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. That's, yes. How long did you live there for? A year. It was 98, 99. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like one year before he actually uh, came into the presidency. Wow. And then, wow, that's, that's interesting. That, that's really yeah. cool that you got to live there and actually see the beautiful parts of Venezuela. Yes. And it's amazing. And I didn't know they have a lot of uh, European influence, Italian mostly. And it's so beautiful. We loved it. And that's the first time that I actually experienced, because even you think, well, everyone speaks Spanish there. What's the difference? But there's a lot of difference just uh, from the type of words we use. Uh, the accents in Spanish are different. Uh, it, it just blew my mind. Yeah. Oh, it just sounds so interesting. I could talk to you for ages about everywhere you've lived. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you so much, Isaac, for chatting to me. No worries. My pleasure. Bye. I love some of the words that Isaac used during that interview. He said that he has a Frankenstein accent. Now, Frankenstein is an old story, a classic story uh, written in the 1800s by a young woman, an English author, and it's even been translated into other languages. So you might even know the story yourself, could have a similar name or maybe the name has been translated. So the story is about a young scientist who creates a hideous creature from old body parts and strange chemicals. So basically Frankenstein is trying to make a human and they call the creature Frankenstein's monster. And yeah, the monster is just made up of lots of different things. And the way Isaac used his accent to be like a Frankenstein, his accent has taken on, his, the way he speaks English has taken bits from America, then it also has his native Mexican uh, Spanish. So he's taken also some parts from the Australian uh, accent as well. So he has this Frankenstein sort of English accent. Another word that I liked was when Isaac said Americanisms. Now, we all know that English came from the UK, from Britain, England. And in popular culture, we tend to look at the United States of America. So there are some things uh, that we take from the USA. And that can be in our language too. So, for example, uh, in British English, we say fortnight. 
Now, fortnight means every two weeks. If you are in the United States of America, they say bi-weekly. Okay, so that could be an Americanism. I would say that my English is a bit of a hybrid or a Frankenstein English because I tend to take from British English and American English. So I sometimes include Americanisms when I speak. Now, it's a different story when I write and I always tell my students that you really need to be consistent when you're writing and if you're going to use British English, only use British words and I mean with the spelling. I guess, for example, British English, they spell colour, C-O-L-O-U-R and in the United States of America, they spell it C-O-L-O-R. So when I write, especially when I'm writing an academic paper, I will use British English. Now, I don't have a preference. Uh, The reason I use British English is because Australia was colonised by the English and when I went to school, we learnt the British way. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. You can also view a transcript of this interview by looking at the show's notes or visit kimslawofenglish.com. Now remember, you got this. See you next time.